Hey everyone, it's Allison and Jeff from the Love and Sex Podcast. Welcome into the show. Unfortunately, due to some family events this past week, Allison and I were not able to record the show that we are looking to bring to you this week, but we do have a replay for you of one of our most popular podcasts. So get ready, strap in as we talk about group sex, double penetrations, and gangbangs. Welcome to the Love and Sex Podcast. We're your hosts, Allison and Jeff Scott. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform, Coast to Coast, and around the world as we talk about sex and relationships. No topic is out of bounds, and along the way, we're going to share our own experiences, failures, and successes to help you live your best life. You're listening to the Love and Sex Podcast. You're here with Allison and Jeff. Welcome, everyone, to the show. And as always, Allison, welcome to you. Thanks, Jeff. Welcome, everyone. Before we jump in, head down to the show notes. Join the Love and Sex Facebook group. Go over to Amazon. Pick up your copy of the, the book, The Seven Principles, for making marriage or any relationship work and work better. And head over to Pink Cherry, which if you don't do that at some point after this show, you might. Because you might be inspired to go get some toys. <laughs> to experiment. More than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Do a little experimentation with some of the things that we're going to be talking about in today's show. And of course, as advertised in the little teaser that we open up with, we're talking about group sex today. And of course, group sex really incorporates a lot of different things, doesn't it, Allison? Yep. Uh, multiple partners, a lot of different types and varieties. Yeah. So we could be talking about uh, threesomes, foursomes, uh, couple swapping, orgies, gangbangs. Um, am I missing anything? No, it's a high level. That sounds a good start. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. But it's it's one of those things that, and we've talked about this on previous shows. If you were to tell someone 20 years ago, as a matter of fact, I think we talked about this last week. If you were to tell someone 20 years ago that you had a fantasy about double penetration or a gangbang or couple swapping or being a swinger, and being in the swinger lifestyle, you probably would have been looked at like you had six heads, right? But today, it's much more common and it's much more acceptable to talk about those things. Yeah, I would agree with you 100%. Like, we've talked about that before, you know, 20, 30 years ago, any type of, like, alternate type of sexual lifestyle was seen as very freakish. Um, it was a very, very small underworld with the the swingers. And now it's much more open. I think a lot of that, like we sh shared, is based on the internet and other ways that people have had their eyes open to these experiences and see that it's a lot of regular people, a lot of people of all different types enjoying this type of sex. And one thing that we talk a lot about on the show, right, is that we've talked about, I think we were talking about vibrators and different things. And we've, you know, uh, expressed a lot that women, even 20, 30 years ago, were, were pretty, you know, closed lipped about using a vibrator. Um, it wasn't something that they really talked about much. It was off, often referred to or looked at as the lonely housewife, right? The deprived housewife where the, the husband wasn't giving her attention and all of these things. So she used a vibrator. But now women are much more open about this because it has become much more acceptable for women to be sexual beings. And society has come a long way and we still have a ways to go, I think, but society has come a long way at looking at women kind of like men have always be, has, have been viewed, right? They're, hey, they're a human. They have 
sexual desires and sexual needs. And it's much more acceptable for women to now express these feelings and these thoughts and these behaviors. Right. And I think part of that too is when we talked a little bit about the vibrators and the lonely housewife, et cetera, the vibrators now are not seen as something that's used strictly by someone who is single. They're really very, a big part, I should say, of a couple's sex life, which I don't know that that was the case back in the day. I think that they were a substitute for a live penis and now they're just an addition. Right. I, I, I think that's a really, really good point. And I don't think we've ever really brought that up in previous shows. So I really like that thought because there's, I just cannot look at a guy 30 years ago. Like I remember just growing up, right. The, the men that I knew in my life, like my friends' fathers and, um, you know, friends of my parents, like to me as a kid, they just didn't seem like that kind of guy that would be like, oh yeah, I'm okay with using a toy in the bedroom. I think they would have looked at that as a very threatening thing. And I think that there still are people today. Oh that yeah, do. there's definitely still people right? that would be threatened still by that do, now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we talked about that when we did the, the toy episode. We talked about toys and how a lot of men can be like, hey, you know, why do you want this, this dildo or this, you know, this toy, like it's bigger than me or it's going to, right. Is it, are you trying to replace me? Am I not good enough? Am I not big enough? Am I not this, not that? So there's a lot of insecurities that can come from this stuff. But I think if, if you as a couple, and we're going to go to that word that we always go to, but communicate about these things, right. If the, if the lady in the relationship is being upfront and honest, like, Hey, I just think this could be some fun of things that we could do. I, I kind of have this fantasy of the double penetration or whatever. And I think it might be fun for us to do this. Um, I think if you're open and you're communicating those things, I think it will help relieve a lot of those stresses. But I think that men today compared to the men that we're talking about 30 years ago are much more advanced and much more likely to be accepting and open to this type of exploration. I agree. I do think a lot of it though is due to the increase in technology. So in the past, when you were watching a porn, which we've referred to in several episodes lately, it was <clears throat> more basic, cheesy, brown chicka, bow, bow type porn, right? Yeah, right. The real... And there was not a lot of additional toys or anything used in that. And I think that men just felt very more macho. But as technology has progressed, and you can see so much online, so many different types of sites, so many different porn sites, so many different types of online stores that sell toys, um, there's videos everywhere. I mean, you can go to YouTube and you can get see any type of naughty video that you ever want to see. And I think that men are seeing other men use toys in their sex life. So it's not like, oh, their particular partner is not satisfied enough. So they're adding a toy into the mix. It's very common and actually really enhances the experience for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And it's it's really interesting to me too, to start diving into the thought process too. I mean, yes, things are more, more acceptable for women these days where they can be more open and honest about their sexual needs and sexual desires. But in looking at some of the research that you and I were doing, Allison, before the show, it was kind of getting into why do women, like, why do they have this fantasy about double penetration or gangbangs? Um, all of these kind of group sex things where really it involves one women and more men. Because we we circle back to the porn for a second. Porn in the olden days, it was mainly one-on-one. -on -one, and I think more times than not, if we saw 
a, you know, more than two people in a sex scene. It was more women. Right. It was usually with, with a man. Yeah. Yep. Right. And, and that has really uh, progressed now to where I think we see a lot more a woman with multiple men. Correct. Um, and it's, I, I think, I think that probably outweighs the two women, the man scene. Unless it's like a whole group thing and there's a lot of women and a lot of men. I, I would agree. There's, but I mean, it's also kind of what we're geared towards more lately. So I don't know if there is a lot of the two women, one man, threesome porn out there. There is obviously, I mean, yeah, that's course. a lot of people's fantasy. I mean, that's never going to go away, but that's not something that, you know, I've ever sought out. So I don't think that would be something that's going to come up readily. Um, if I were to seek any type of porn, however, I do think a lot of the group sex is more relevant or more prevalent, I should say, in a lot of the porn now too, and swapping of partners and two men, one woman, two women, one man, like a whole different type of combination. So it has really shifted quite a bit since the porn that we refer to from back in the day. And as we always talk about on this show, one of our favorite sex coaches, Caitlin V, you can go on her site and she'll talk about threesomes. And she'll talk about really why the woman with multiple men is a much more, I don't know what the word is that I'm really looking for, but a much more viable option when it comes to threesomes because the woman yes. <laughs> the woman has more capability to please multiple men at the same time, whereas the man is much more limited in that regard. Um, and obviously, you know. Yeah, the, the man has one penis, right? So he's got right. a, two women there, right? With And of course you can be doing oral or fingering, yeah. but. It's um, just right. Yeah. But I think limited. You know, why do women get into this though? That is, that is the question. And that's kind of some of the research that we did. Right. And, and so I want to talk about studies and, and we can each share our opinions on this too, Allison, but they say, you know, as far as women, right. We're, we're, we're more sexual in nature now for women, but they're saying basically there's, you know, a few reasons why women get into this one, of course, is that uh, it, for a lot of women, and we've talked about this before, Allison, right? You make the decisions a lot in the household, right? And we've talked a lot about how women sometimes like to be in situations, kind of like that submissive role where they yeah. don't have to worry about making the decisions, right? They're just, they're just being pleased. And it's not them that has to put in all the thought and the work to make this thing happen. They get to be the receiver instead of the giver for once. Right. And, and for spending so much of their day paying bills, working, take care of the kids, take care of the home, whatever their responsibilities might be. Right. We've talked before about um, the concept of group sex, like from an orgy point of view or from a um, one woman with two, three or more men. And I think a lot of that also is being the center of attention because their whole exactly. day to day is the opposite of that. Everybody else is the center of their attention and they are not the center of attention. So you put them in that type of scenario where even if there's two men pleasing them and satisfying them, even if there's one, obviously wonderful to be center of attention for one, but you add more layers to that and getting more and more attention, you can see why there would be a draw to that and why a woman would find that very exciting. Yeah, that is the number one reason that was listed in this particular article as to why women enjoy the double penetration or the gangbang fantasy or actually the, the experience. Um, of course, the second one is that a lot of women, it talks about a lot of women are, and we've talked about this too in our anal sex guide, but they're hesitant to try anal sex. And of course, we know you've explained many times on the show, if you haven't tried it because you're fearful of one thing or another, 
try your best to put those feelings aside and give it a try because you really could be missing out on a great new sexual awakening in your life, right? There's a lot of benefits that come from anal sex. Take it slow. Go back to our anal sex guide so you know some tips and tricks on how to do it successfully because that's important. You don't want to have a bad experience because of the fact that you weren't educated and you did something kind of incorrectly, for lack of a better word, but you don't want to do something that ruins the experience for you before you really give it an honest, fair try. And you may feel like you're being shamed for doing anal sex. You might have all sorts of different feelings going through your head. Give it a try. It's a sexual experience that many people are engaging in. You can get a lot of pleasure from it. And that's another reason why a lot of women, once they find out that they can actually have an orgasm from anal sex, (laughs) double penetration can be even more inviting to them because you can experience orgasms vaginally and anally Mm -hmm. from double penetration. So the pleasure experience for a woman can be very, very intense. I cannot agree more, (laughs) right? That's something I've shared previously is that, you know, people do have a fear of it, but I think the invention of some more upgraded, fancier toys has also led to probably the increase in the DP fantasy or people participating in DP because some of the toys that they have now are able to, you know, we'll just say it's, it's a type of vibrator that goes in the vagina, right? It's made for the vagina, but it has like an additional piece to it that, you know, is, is teasing the anus at the same time. Or um, there's also some smaller toys that are made for the anus. And that's a really good introduction to anal sex. But because there's a market of all these different things, people that have any type of curiosity in it can try it first with some type of toy, which typically are smaller, not all of them. Some of them are huge, right? But But you can buy something that makes you feel more comfortable. Right. You don't have to jump into two dildos or a human in a dildo that are each, you know, seven inches, right? And and you're like, holy shit, how am I going to fit these in? Or even like very thick, right? Right, right. And I I do think there's, gosh, I wish I I could describe it here now, but there's like a, like I said, there's a vibrator that's a traditional penisy type vibrator that just has like an extra little stick. Yeah, it it does. And I think what you could do actually, Allison, is you can just uh, Google double penetration toys yeah. and it'll come right up. Right. So you'll actually get to be able to see a better and visual. And it's really it. small. The, the anus piece is really small, but yeah, you yeah. when you feel that sensation and all those nerve endings um, start to be stimulated, I think people will then recognize, right? Oh, okay. This feels really good. Um, you know, some people have felt it before with a finger or a tongue or whatever. Right. And the more you kind of experience it, the more you realize how sensitive that area is and how amazing sex could be there. So I do think that that's, that's also opening a lot of people's eyes to DP. So let's, let's jump to a, another article, Allison, that we were looking at uh, when we were kind of doing the research again for this show. They did um, this particular website, which was sexandpsychology.com, did a study in which they asked people whether or not they ever fantasized about double penetration. And the survey uh, included 4,175 people. Um, and they conducted it for a book that said, uh, tell me what you want. But in this particular survey, which was interesting to us, I, I think you'll agree, Allison, is that the, the double penetration referred to in this survey was either two penises in one vagina or two penises in one anus. Two penises in one anus. Again, our buddy Caitlin V will say that is 
for the porn stars. And, yeah. <laughs> right. You got to be very careful with that. Right. Yeah. Um, that is like you are on a professional driver's course. <laughs> That's like she kind of relates it to like car commercials. Right. You're on you're on a professional driver's course when you're doing two penises and one anus. Um, obviously, the anus is very tight. And you need to be very skilled in anal sex, right? There's that's actually like yeah, a that's, skill. Right. Mean, that that's that's not for beginners. Doing. Yeah. Right. That well, is not a beginner's uh, uh act. And I think the statistics that came from this um research are actually very remarkable, considering those are the only two types of double penetration that were considered for the research. So one you know, a penis and a vagina and one penis and the anus together was not part of this. Right. Which is the most common, I think, from and what we would see in porn. And one in the vagina, one in the mouth, not included in this. Another this is just one. two in the vagina or two in the anus. And um, I think the numbers are pretty eye opening considering that it's such a specific type of DP. And I think it's probably like the third and fourth most famous DP, right? I think the other two are a little bit more popular. Although I don't know, the two in the vagina you seem to think, think that that's, that's a little bit popular. more popular than I did um, yeah, I, I traditionally, do. because I do think to to your point is a lot of people are still hesitant when it comes to the anus and they may be interested in DP that's, you know, two in the vagina before they'd ever consider one in the vagina, one in the anus. Right, right. I, I yeah, I think um, obviously uh, the penis in the vagina or the butt and one in the mouth, right? That is referred to as, it's a double penetration, also referred to as the spit roast. Um, that's because that's kind of what it looks like, or the Eiffel Tower, right? If you see a girl on her hands and knees and a guy behind her and a guy in front of her, looks like the Eiffel Tower. Mm -hmm. no? Yeah. Um, I opened Allison's eyes to that terminology. Yeah, I can't point. unsee it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that that's the spit roast, right? DP, that's one form of it. I think, again, the most common one, I think that we're that most of us would refer to, I think, is going to be one in the vagina, one in the anus, and then I think we would go to two in the vagina. I think, as far as everyday people out there doing double penetration, unless like you do double penetration a lot, I would say it's probably less. This is just my guess, but I would say less than one or two percent are doing double anal because oh, yeah. it's such a that's a real off risky the move. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I think even people who really enjoy double penetration and do it religiously probably aren't doing a lot of double anal. No, I'd say that'd be very rare. And even though it may not be strictly just for the professionals, I think people who participate in a lot of group sex, like in the swinging lifestyle or um, that do have other couples that they meet up with regularly or whatever, they're probably more likely to experience that. That's not like a one, one time thing you do. I mean, it's gotta be something that you've have experience in because that just seems super tricky. Right. But to your point, the numbers of this survey, given those two scenarios, yeah. two in the vagina or two in the butt, given that whole thing, a very limited double penetration experience, mm -hmm. I'd be really interested to see if the more common ones had been introduced to this experience or to this survey, what the results would have been. Because in this one alone, 60% of the participants said that they had fantasized about one of these DP scenarios at least once before. And 22% of them said it was something that they fantasized about all the time. Yeah. That is. That's pretty high. 60% for yeah. people to fantasize about that. It's a pretty That's high a number. huge number. Yeah. Especially when it's just those two specific types of DP. Now, interesting, right? Of the, of the, of the 60% of the people who are fantasizing about 45% of those are heterosexual women. They said that they fantasized about that, you know, quite a bit, 45% mm -hmm. of them. 
whereas 56% of men fantasize about it. So I think that that's interesting too, because I talk all the time, right? I think that uh, from a, if you're watching pornography, I think that scene is hotter than two women and one guy. Yeah. You've said that. Before. I just, yeah. I feel it. Cause I feel like there is, I, and then this article goes on to talk about this as to why double penetration and gang bangs are like a, a big fantasy for people. And for a lot of women and why women are into this is because there's something taboo about it. Right. Yeah. You're, you're not it's supposed naughty. to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. You're naughty. Right. And, and so I do think that, and I think I've learned actually this about myself as we've done this show more and more. And I've talked about this that there is something to the taboo things that I like. Right. In all regards of sex. Right? I think that's actually common. So I think when yeah. something is on the taboo, if you're someone that's that's likes to experience things that are a little bit different, when it's a taboo thing, it, it's even more exciting for you. It's also interesting how this article goes on to kind of talk about what types of people would be most interested in these group sex scenarios. Right. And some of them are pretty obvious. Right. Yeah. Allison, when we absolutely. Were yeah. Talking about it. But I mean, it's really people who kind of fantasize about multiple partner situations obviously are probably going to be fantasizing about DP scenarios or gangbang scenarios because of the fact that multiple partner sex interests them. Right. Yep. And I, and I mean, we've talked a little bit about it um, when we were doing some of the research, too, is that. People who are interested in DP also tend to be potentially interested in voyeurism or exhibitionism. And that kind of makes sense to me because if you're into any type of group sex scenario, there's other people there. So you are exposing yourself around other people. Like you are having a type of excitement that comes from people watching you um, and or you are watching the scene as it's playing out. So you are an exhibitionist and enjoying watching others have sex. So kind of makes sense. I think if you're you know, there's twofold. One, obviously, if you're in a group situation, those two things are happening. So you're someone that is interested in those scenarios as well. But from the things that we've talked about ever since we've known each other, you know, for our entire relationship, it's just that people that tend to be more open-minded about one or two sexual acts often are more open-minded about other sexual acts. So they may not be for them, but they're so much more open-minded to other types of less traditional sex acts. So that kind of makes sense that those fall in line. Right. And it's interesting because I do think you bring up a good point about people who are exhibitionists or voyeurs. There is something to watching the act of sex or or, or being watched in the act of sex. And, And I think that if you do like watching sex, if you're adding another person or two to the mix, Right. It starts to create even more visual stimulation yeah. for that person, which I think can make it more erotic and, and more titillating for them to experience that. Another interesting one uh, of people who might really fall into this whole fantasy of DPs and gangbangs are people who are into some of the BDSM type of stuff and people who enjoy the dominance and submissive yeah. roles. Because for a woman to be in that position, I think there can be times where it's a submissive role, right? And you're just being taken and that can, that could be the submission part where it could be a real turn on for a woman. I also think though, and we've talked about this a lot before, right? There's a lot of people who think that uh, double penetrations or gangbangs or something that is very demeaning to women. And I think that there can be that type of porn or that type of act that can be more demeaning, but some women that is their fantasy and they do get off on that. But for other women, I think it's empowering because they yeah. are the ones who 
yes, they're being pleased by everyone else, but they're also using their entire body, their mouth, their butt, their vagina to do the pleasing back. And there's something empowering about one woman being able to deliver that kind of pleasure to multiple people. I agree. I mean, right? I, I think about it too, as you were saying that here of, of you know, um, people who may be interested in this are those, you know, women that are just want to let themselves go and, and being taken and being um, pleased by multiple partners. But really when I'm viewing the scene in my mind, the woman's in complete control. The woman is the one that's getting the majority of the pleasure. And the woman is pleasing two people at the same time at the, all as all this is playing out or more, right? Or more. So, I mean, the joke's on everybody else. This is all about the woman. I mean, the woman has complete right. control. Right. This is probably like one of the most exciting, greatest experiences a woman can have because it's like everything in one, pleasing multiple people and being pleased, pleasured, right. satisfied by multiple people right. at once. And you can, you know, I mean, that can produce multiple orgasms for the woman because it's not like one person who, you know, may, you, have, you, can right. have, you can have multiple orgasms, but at some point, right, that person is going to come and that's, they're going to have to take a seat for a little bit, right? right? Whereas now you can keep going. So you can just keep going with orgasms, right? If, if you're a multi-orgasmic. Especially if it's a group scenario, right? It's just, right. it's never ending. Right. Um, yeah, that's the, the scene in my mind right now is just phenomenal for the woman, right? There's right. just so much. But I think just to step back a second, when you were talking about two men and one woman per se versus two women and one man, those different scenarios. I think one of the reasons why the two men and one woman scenario is a little bit more interesting. I mean, I find that more interesting personally. Well, of course you do. But we were talking a little bit about how just, you know, based on body and, you know, uh, the uh, different spots in a female's body where she can be pleasured, you know, she's got the mouth, the vagina, the butt. Um, when there's a man with one penis, right? And he's going to come right. and then it's over, right. right? So he's got two women on him when however that plays out, or obviously there's fingers, there's tongues, there's doesn't mean it's over, over, but penetration is over once he comes. Right. When there's multiple men, that's- Penetration can still keep going for At least while. double. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Right, but I, I do think that that whole thing is interesting. Like when we start getting into that conversation as to- Oh, no, double penetrations and gangbangs are just demeaning to women. I think what's really interesting here is when we start getting into these conversations, we're talking about scenarios that have multiple kinks involved, right? So the DP, the gangbang, that whole situation by itself, each of those are its own kink, mm -hmm. right? Fair enough to say, right? Yep. Then, like I was saying, there are some women who do get a thrill being in that situation and being degraded a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe it's how the dirty talk goes, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is that, that makes them feel like they're being degraded in that situation. They can live out that fantasy to meet their needs, but we're going even another layer into kink, right? That whole being degraded is another kink in and of itself, right. completely separate from a gangbang. Right. Right. So it's not, degrading to women. It's what the woman wants out of it, which again, even if she's being degraded, she's still doing what she wants, which is really her still being empowered. I think. I, I agree. I, I mean, there's still an argument to be made there. Yep. Yep. You I may agree. not like that type of scenario or porn or whatever you want to call it of the woman being degraded, but 
if that's what she wants, if that's what she desires, and that's her sexual desire, you can disagree with that and not like that type of porn. That's fine, right? You wouldn't watch it. You wouldn't be concerned with it. Just like there's many other types of porn that you may not like that you wouldn't watch either. Right. And you wouldn't participate in those scenarios. So obviously these types of situations that we're discussing are ones that are fully consensual. And we'll just say it was a, a gangbang type situation. There's there's a female with with multiple males. There's rules that go into that, right? So the rule might be no degrading talk. You know, the rule might be no kissing. Whatever the rules might be going into this scenario that the woman is still getting everything she wants, right? Because she's sending the rules before it even starts. Like if she doesn't like the degrading talk, then that doesn't happen, right? Right, right. If she doesn't like, you know, anything that gets maybe a little bit on the rougher side, then that doesn't happen. Right. If that's what she likes, and there's, especially with multiple men, like multiple partners, there's a lot of different personalities and a lot of different scenarios that can play out, but the rules are set in advance and she's getting exactly what she wants. I mean, like it, it could not possibly be a better situation. Right. We've talked about that in the past with the site Swing Lifestyle that we were talking about and uh, how when you're meeting different people, um, you know, people outline what's acceptable and what's not acceptable to them. Either they outline it in their profile, um, even if they do, 99% of the time when you're having conversations with them about a possible meetup, there's going to be further conversation about what's acceptable and what's not. And there's going to be ground rules established so that everyone is on the same page. And if those ground rules are not respected or crossed in any way, pretty much anything that's going on at the time of that sexual experience will come to a screeching halt yep. and you'll be asked to leave. That's just how it works. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, in, and, and you got to be, especially as a single male, we've talked about this a lot too. You got to be respectful of what people expect from you um, and want from you. That's just yeah. the way it goes. Right. And when we talked a little bit about the the swinger sites and um, how how kind of the whole process works, People put out there what they're looking for, what they're not looking for, and you, you try to find a match or whatever. And we'll just say that you are someone that wants to participate in a group sex type situation, but you are in um, your your likes include you know being bareback, right? Like you you would not want to wear, wear a, condom a condom because that's not it's not pleasurable for you, it's not comfortable for you, or it's not how you experience sexual gratification in any in any way. And this particular a couple or a group that you're looking to meet up with requires that, then that group's not for you. Then you go find another group. So same thing. So there's another group where the woman wants to be spoken dirty to or, or some type of rough sex. And if you are not someone that would care to participate in that, then that group's not for you and you move on to the next. So that's, it's like this, I, I call it the underworld, <laughs> the swingers underworld. It's just this whole phenomenon of it's sex and sure there's jerks out there. So, I mean, yeah, obviously not everybody's respectful. There's always assholes. But for the most part, people set rules and you live by the rules. And if the rules aren't for you, you don't participate and you find another group that fits you better because there is a group for everyone, right? There is. Or a couple that you meet up with or whatever. And again, there might be a couple that likes to do something that's very off the wall that's a major interest to you and that works for you. And if it's something that you have something that's off the wall, it doesn't work for them then that's not the couple for you. Or you True. can't, you cannot participate in that act when you're with them. That doesn't work for them. Right, so right. it's just amazing to me, the level of respect um, that and comes. And so, some of the nicest people yeah, and right, are in this, this, this society. Yeah. And it's just because it, it's, um, it's just an environment where people are there to enjoy themselves and have sex together. It's not about long-term relationships. It's not about love. It's not about anything other than, an activity, which is sexual pleasure for everyone that's involved 
in that particular scenario. Well, I'm, gl- I'm actually glad you said that because you unknowingly just segued into the next thing that really <laughs> is kind of what we find with people who are into these different types of group sex is people who are able to separate love from sex tend to have more fantasies about group sex, right? And I think that makes sense. We can all understand that. So if you are someone who believes that you can't have sex without love, you probably are never going to at least be vocal about a group sex fantasy. Right. You might have it in the back of your mind, but it'll probably always reside there because you're going to have a lot of guilt and shame for having those fantasies yep. because you believe so strongly that in order for sex to take place, there has to be love. Um, that's really interesting. And I think that this can be harder for women than it is men. I think like, I think you're probably right for I the mean, most part. Yeah, I mean, I know in the experiences that I had, obviously, like there was absolutely no emotional feeling whatsoever. It was, it was really like you always say, Allison, it was a business transaction, mm-hmm. right? It was like, okay, so this is, this is what you're going to do. You go and do it and you leave and end a story, yep. right? There's no, there's no interaction where there's um, this emotional connection going on or something along those lines. So right. if you can separate those two, then that can might be a possibility for you and your partner if it's something you wanted to explore that you could explore. But if you're someone who can't do that, then you're probably best to stay away from it because you don't want to borrow trouble, so to speak, right? Yeah, but you know what's interesting? So I'm thinking of the DP scenarios, right? So for a swap scenario, two females, two males per se, right? Mm-hmm. A, a, like a couple swap. A two couple exactly. swap, right? So um, we know we've referenced before um, um, an experience where we had heard about, you know, two couples were doing a swap. And when they got there, the wife suddenly was no longer comfortable with her husband participating with the other female, but she just wanted so to still participate. So he sat in the corner. So <laughs> I think to your point, right, that's the female love thing, right? She could not see her husband with someone else. She was able to separate sex and love for her own body, right? She could have somebody pleasure her. She wasn't falling in love with the other guy. There were no feelings attached. It was purely sex. But because of I'm guessing the love she had for her husband, she was unable to see him with someone else. Where in the traditional DP scenarios that we've talked about, where it's one couple and we add a third man, a second man is added in a third, you know, part partner in the group, a second man, the guy is fine. Right? So the, the husband is fine, add another guy in, right? Because he's picking the guy, they're doing it, you know, they're making the plan, and he knows when the guy leaves that the wife is his, right? She's mm-hmm. not emotionally attached to the guy. He picked the guy. It's a business transaction, a sexual transaction only. But the woman picks the, has a has a play in that too. Oh, I, I right? know to some extent. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't think that the woman doesn't have a say in it. But, and maybe I'm a little bit. I'm speaking a little bit out of, you know, I have no experience personally with this. But I'm trying to figure out as from like a female perspective, when we talk about separating love and sex and how hard it is. It's also hard for men, right, to separate love and sex. It's not just females. No, but no, it depends on what you're going into. And that's why I think a couple, when a couple is adding one person into the sexual experience, whether it be one woman for one night, right? One evening or one man for one evening, I think it's totally different than a couple swap. Cause I right. feel like that's a little bit more, um, I don't know. I think it'd be a little bit more difficult. You would think maybe it wouldn't be because everyone's getting someone new, right? Everyone's right, getting right. a swap. It's well, an I even also, Steven. I also think that like, it, you know, and again, this comes down, this is one of those things that you sort out beforehand and you have an understanding going in. But I also think that 
like a couple swap may not necessarily mean that you are just like each you're swapping partners. Right. So for instance, like with the ladies of that, right. There might be DP scenarios in that situation for both women, right. The guys, right. Depending on your sexuality. Right. But many couples who go into this situation are straight men. Yeah. Right. That's just the reality. And so you go into that situation and you know, Hey, right. Like there can be like, there can be pleasing of both women at the same time. The men wouldn't have any interaction together. Those ground rules would be laid down very clearly beforehand. But in that situation, you might find something like that where there's sex with the other person's partner, but then there's also sex with your own partner. Yeah. Um, might even start off like that, right? It might um, Then you might eventually switch. And then there could be um, each partner is is getting that double penetration experience uh, depending on where they are sexually and what their desires are. So, yeah. And I guess potentially um, each male could have it some, in some piece of the evening with two women, right. And the one male is out to the side. And I do know, I mean, we joke about, you know, um, more women being bisexual than men, or at least bi curious. Every, every woman's bi. That's not true. (laughs) But I do think a lot of women that participate in the swinging lifestyle are at least bi curious. So you see a lot of these uh, swap situations where the men are straight, straight. The men are not interacting in any way. Although in DP, you know, my understanding is there can be some closeness there. It's good. There can be a close call. There can, men have to know, even if you're straight, right? If you're in sexual intercourse and sexual things are going on, mm -hmm. right? Swords may cross. (laughs) That is, that is kind of the term that you, but I mean, think about it. Like if a woman is on her knees giving oral to both people, Sometimes she'll put both in her mouth. Yeah. Right. Or, I mean, that yeah. doesn't, right. If, if if you have this fear that you're going to be considered gay, if, if that's happening, right. I mean, that's like, just like a thing like, okay, well, you just got to get over it. Right. It, this isn't, if, if you, if you have this homophobia thing going on and you're worried about it, it doesn't make you gay for that, you know, like for that situation to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, so people have to be a little understanding that you're, you're in close proximity it doesn't mean that you're, if you're a very, consider yourself a very straight male and something like that happens that suddenly you're gay, right? Right. I mean, so it's just, it's a little bit of a mindset here um, of understanding those types of things. But yeah, you do have to understand as a guy that that could happen. I mean. Right. And even for females that are straight, right? There might be, you know, as you're switching positions, you might touch here or there. I'm not saying that you're going to, you know, lick someone else as something that you're not comfortable with, but there is, when there's people rolling around having sex together, right? Things are going to touch just, right. just how it is. So interesting, fun conversation. Mm. Mm, that's um, right. Yeah. So that, I mean, all of this stuff is, is really, really fascinating, but I mean, it, it's really interesting to see, you know, and of course, one of the last things in this article was people who are open more sexually to begin with will tend to gravitate towards the the group sex fantasies, which obviously is, to me, that's like a no-brainer, right? If you are just sexually open and you're willing to explore different things, chances are your mind would would go to those scenarios because that's going to be part of the exploration process and different things that can happen. So, and let's just, let's just digress for one second to talk a little bit about DP or group type scenarios that can play out for couples that are monogamous, right? So that's where the toys come in. So you may have a fantasy of two penises and one vagina, right? But you're in a monogamous relationship. You're not bringing any other partners into your bedroom, but you can use a toy. 
um, and have that experience, you know, have that experience of having two penises. One is a live human and one is a toy or DP or spit roast or any of those different scenarios. Um, even the multiple partners, I mean, you could, you could, you could be holding one uh, vibrator or dildo. Your, your partner could be holding one and there could be a live penis too. So you could have three penises going all at yeah. once with two toys and one penis. So even though, you know, we're talking a little bit about the swinging lifestyle and people that are open to other types of group sex, you can also experience these types of scenarios with just your you as a couple when you add in some toys. As a matter of fact, it's probably a good practice. And I think most sex coaches and therapists would recommend this. That's where you start at the very least, right? Yeah. You don't. I mean, if you're, if you guys are as a couple, right, are, are talking and you're sharing your fantasies and, and you both enjoy that fantasy, doesn't mean that you have to take the biggest step right, right. and jump right into it. You can do something in the bedroom, just the two of you to, to see how that feels, right? Do you enjoy it? And it may never go beyond that. And that's completely fine if that's what works for you. And if you ultimately decide that you guys want to take it a step further and, and maybe consider the real thing, then you can also do that. It, but do it at your speed and at the speed that feels right for your relationship. And you got to respect how your partner feels too, right? And at, and at any time, either partner, you're, as you're going through the process, right, is feeling uncomfortable or awkward, you got you to have that communication, right? We talk right. about it all the time. Right. But that communication is going to be so, so critical in this process, because you want to identify what's happening that's making you feel uncomfortable right now. If you don't say something and you're going through this process and you go through the process and you look on it with regret and you say, I was feeling like this when we were just reaching out to people or something, right? Mm -hmm. When we were interviewing people to join us, maybe that problem could have been addressed back then. Maybe some communication could have been had about that. and That problem could have been squashed, but you let it fester. Right? You didn't talk about it. So it's really important, really important as you go through the process of whatever you're doing, even if it's just using toys like you were alluding to, Allison, if there's something that makes you feel uncomfortable about it, talk it out, right? That's what should be happened, like, especially in the beginning, like the first time or the first couple of times you do this, maybe after the lovemaking session, sit back and say, and we talk about this all the time. What did you like about that? Mm -hmm. What didn't you like about it? Is there something that didn't happen that would have made the experience more erotic for you or better for you or different for you that would have been better? Right. Um, right. Talk these things out. Maybe someone wanted a little bit more dirty talk. Maybe someone wanted a little less dirty talk. Mm -hmm. um, these are all things that can go on during these sessions um, that are important to talk about. And, and we talk all the time when you're getting into these scenarios, no matter what level you're doing it on. The aftercare. Right? Yeah. That is when the session is done. Allison, you've talked about it a lot, right? You love whatever we do after, right? You want to hear the I love you. And so do I. Mm -hmm. Right. I think those are those are that's a very, very important thing to you, though. Like you want to know, and I, I'm gonna guess. I, I don't know. Maybe when we play with toys and do different things, like you want to know that I still view you maybe in a certain way, that I love you. I still you know, I still value you and cherish you and love you in that regard. Like, I don't know. Is that? I think so. I, I think, um, you know, and I don't really, I don't know per se, because I, there's not oftentimes during um, lovemaking, we don't say I love you a ton during it every once in a while, but it's not like a 
it's got a, like a big thing that comes out a lot. So I think well, like if we're doing a role play thing. When we're doing role we're play, we're not really talking about I love you. Right. right. So exactly. Right. So, but even if it's not role play, even if it's, you know, any other type of really any sex. Maybe a more animalistic. Or a more animalistic, sex. right? Like just the kind of like more like needy sex. Like just, it's just, it's, it's almost like, it's like the, the ribbon on top. Right. So right, right. we just had this like awesome, like physical experience. Right. And I like that, like emotional, like comeback at the end as well. Right. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things. And well, you know it's that good. it's important yeah. to me. So, um, and I I can imagine if you were in, um, if you had a sexual experience with another person present or multiple other people present, you need to revisit your own relationship right. afterwards, right? Absolutely. We do know that some people after a, a group interaction or, you know, a multiple interaction, a threesome or something, they are so turned on by it. They immediately have sex themselves afterwards because, right. or, or, you know, shortly thereafter. Um, especially if the if the husband does not partake or the, the male partner does not partake in the right. original um, act, then he's ready to go, you know, with with his uh, female partner afterwards. But I just think in general, the revisiting like what you liked, what you didn't like, you know, what you would do different if you did it again. You're, are you both still OK with it? Because, you know, we've we are mentioning often this scenario where this couple went to do the swap and the wife was no longer comfortable with her husband participating she still went through the act. He was okay with that. He sat in the corner, literally. Um, and then I can imagine the aftercare on that. Like, Well, there had to definitely be some conversation, the conversation. Right, on, on the car ride home as to why that all unfolded like that. Right. Because it was different from what the, the expectation was. going into mm-hmm. that night. And I'm almost thinking, though, my opinion of that situation would be you're all in or you're all out. So if you right. get there and you're both not comfortable, you leave. That's right. and, my opinion. And right? we've talked about we don't know what their specific arrangement was, but right. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like typically, and I think that's what you'll hear most sex experts talk about, mm-hmm. right? All in or all out. Right. You, not one person isn't doing something that the other person's being excluded from unless that is agreed upon beforehand. Right. So maybe they said, maybe she said, I don't know if I can watch you. And he's like, well, I, you're, I'm fine if you continue. Maybe right. that's the conversation Absolutely, they have, right? right? And that's, and if that's what they agreed upon, fine. But if it was agreed upon going in, like, okay, we either do this together or we don't at all, and she continued and left him out, mm-hmm. you have a problem now you because problem. you are now you are now betraying that agreement between you as mm-hmm. a couple, and that that can be a difficult scenario, right? Yeah. And I'm certainly hoping that they talked about that in advance, and maybe yeah. maybe they, the plan was going in that that either he was not comfortable potentially being with another woman or she was not comfortable with him being with another woman. And that the deal was, you know, he would still get enough enjoyment watching her with the couple. I think she might've had some bisexual or bi-curious aspects to quite a bit of that from my understanding. So I think there still might've been some pleasure for him or excitement, right. From, from watching that. But anyway, so my point to that being is, is you have to communicate prior also make yes. sure you guys are on the same page. Right. And then I just think that after the aftercare is so important in so many ways, just to like, even in an excitement factor, like reliving what just happened, right? Like, right. let's and, talk about it. And that just goes to show that I think everybody thinks that every swinger couple out there doesn't experience feelings of jealousy. Right. I think people commonly think that, Oh, if you're a swinger, you can do that without any feelings of jealousy. And that's just not true. Yes, yeah. of course. There's exceptions to every rule. We know that. So there's going to be some couples out there that they their partner can pretty much do anything. And for some reason, they just don't have that 
They have a. They don't have that bone in their body, right? They mm-hmm. they can they're 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 comfortable with whatever their partner does. But I think that that is a very small percentage of people out mm-hmm. there. I think most people um, might have that that twinge of of jealousy or, what, or whatever you want to call it. But it's something that's manageable for them, right? And mm-hmm. they can they can kind of deal with the situation. But that reclaiming the relationship afterwards together is so vitally important because you do want to reconnect emotionally with your partner to know, Hey, we're still good. Right. Yeah. You just gotta be honest. Right. And I think it comes down to what we were just talking about. It's that whole separating sex from love. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the, the, the reclaiming of the relationship as a couple together. Hey, that was just sex, right? That's nothing to what we have. We have that, but we also have the love piece, um, which is that emotional connection that is so sacred Mm -hmm. and different sex. Mm-hmm. So those are the things um, that are so interesting. But what do you guys think? You ever tried a threesome or a gangbang or any kind of group sex, an orgy, dog pile? You know what a dog pile is, Allison? I'm not sure. I think we that's, talked about this one. That's an orgy where where it's like people are just like, it's literally like a pile of people where they're whatever's going on. Like there's really no, you don't know that. who's doing what to oh. you and you're, you know, whatever. So it's kind of like a, a free for all type of scene. But hmm. um, has anyone out there done that? Let us know. Um, if you want to share one of your stories, don't forget, hit us up at the love sex podcast at gmail.com. Love sex podcast at gmail.com. Right now, as we're taping the show, we have a thunderstorm rolling through. So uh, pardon us if you hear the uh, thunderstorms in the background. But other than that, uh, we want to thank you guys for stopping by and spending your time with us. Let us know what you think about group sex and any experiences that you've had. We'd love to hear them. Until the next show, be kind and be safe.